0: Previously on Thigh Gap Podcast
1: Would you tell me what is your definition of the measure of wheat flour to go in with the ratio of water to make the perfect
0: roti? Oh wow. I think we can unlock the secret to that exact thing at the end of this episode. Stick with us guys as we go through measure of a man. How do you begin to improve on this aspect Hmm.
1: but you know okay coming back how do i go about to start with myself how do i become my own critic or where do i measure myself or where do i start to measure myself what if i ask you this interesting question
0: so i think and this is just a theory. Again, all we have are theories. So I have a theory. I'm going to share it now with you. Okay. And then you can try it and see if it works. If it works w- well and good. if Even if it doesn't, then you can tweak it to your own, to suit your own uh, personality. And then you can try it out again or whatever. Okay. Give me
1: the mal and I'll see what I have to do.
0: Right. So how do you, so now we've established what we mean by me- uh, measure of man. Yeah. And we've gone into why we think it's important. Yeah. And it is important to stop all
1: reiterating what we the are doing.
0: decisions that we take. Yeah, and now we're going into how how would anyone go about getting to this uh, getting this improved?
1: Say starting the whole process. Right. Let's say let me put it this way. So, say I have to improve myself mm-hmm. now. How do I start the process?
0: So I see it as a process, both as a process of inclusion and a process of exclusion which is you have to be extremely curious as a person or at least about the things that you are passionate about or your objective area, you know. You have to be very inquisitive in soaking up as much information as you can from different sources, right? You have to see what these people are saying. You have to see what those people are saying as well. Okay. And then you have to make your own decision. Which do you align with and in the sense when i say which do you align i don't mean an entire section
1: uh, just let me stop you right there are you talking about identifying a thought process or what are we trying to establish here
0: no what we're trying to establish is how do you go about knowing who you are right knowing yourself better okay you can't do it without information you can't do it without uh knowledge right you that's basically when you say how do i know who i am You're looking for more knowledge. So... Of yourself. Of yourself. Right. So one way is to look at the past um, and that again changes with uh, different people, how observant, how good their memory is. But all your life, the small instances that made you regret, the small instances that made you cry, that made you laugh, uh, you know, whatever sway of emotions you've had, if you remember those instances and your behavior, your conduct through those instances... If you have any regrets left, then why? What are those things that make you regret those instances? And what are the things that make you proud of those instances? You know, you look at that. That is one area of information that you can uh, source from. The other area of information is just in general, conversations with people, internet, whatever. You want to know about something, you you have to do that research. And you have to try to get information from as varied sources as you can. So that in the end, you can be the judge.
1: So this is my point. Okay. First of all, is there a particular time where you can start this process or you can start this process at any point of life?
0: I think any point of life.
1: Yeah. You can start this process at any point of life. Yeah. Right. Great. Now, the second thing is now that I'm starting the process, there is a certain build that I have to get to get into the process say i need tools mm. to start the process mm. right what are the what are those tools right the basic question what tools will help me be better equipped mm-hmm. to get into the process now you are saying that curiosity is one inquisitiveness is another no i, I mean, mean the nature both, of both of
0: those are like kind of similar. yeah same that's thing. what i was trying to tell yeah, you yeah.
1: The spoken english class is a waste of money for you same it's thing repeating the same word in different ways but basically, you get curious, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this, what do we get curious about? Do we get curious about why we are a certain way? Okay, forget about what has happened in the past. Yeah. Forget about where you want to go in the future. Yeah. Let's just take, for instance, I'm right now like this, uh, a particular way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious to know what am I or who am I? Right. Right. Now, where the easiest where. The easiest place to start is what is my image of myself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Say my image of myself is uh you know, brute is a funny guy, brute is honest, brute is shameless, yeah, and brute is is very mean. Yeah. Right? Now these are all qualified as not very positive traits. Not all of them are qualified as positive traits. Mm-hmm. So, but then I'm going into okay, fine, why am why do I be like this? Right. Right? then is when I probably go out and interact with people and put myself out there in the fry. Yeah. And then I evaluate the reaction. And then I start thinking about the decisions that I've taken. So so if I'm curious, yeah. I go deeper into where the decision has happened yeah. in my mind. Like, why did I choose to be uh, mean to someone who was mm-hmm. being nice to me? Why did I choose to be shameless when everybody was... Very av- or very conscious about themselves and very very self-conscious about how they are behaving in a certain uh, you know in a certain environment and etc. Whereas I am being absolutely radical in there. Right. Right. What is the purpose or the intent for me being a certain way? Right. Right. So this is what curiosity derives for me. Mm-hmm. Now that I have derived to this point, now tell me, what is my next step?
0: I would say next step uh, by way of tools is to look at three things. Right. And these are... Money? Money and money? Well, no, but... Thought? <laughs> but these.
1: Yeah, okay. You are saying, I'm sorry I cut you off. But no, no. You, you deserve that.
0: Everyone, all of us do at some point of time, you know, humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Plugging an in. example of so humble. Plugging oh in. Yeah. But bringing it back, yeah, so in terms of tools, I see three things. One is... If you could take a look at thought, your thoughts, your words, and your actions, it's easy to understand in these three um, brackets. It has. It categories. has. Like,
1: uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It is so. This is also a synonym. Uh, I, I don't know. Correct me. You are quoting uh, an existing practice in yoga, right? Uh, or or uh, yeah, and uh, some of the spiritual practices.
0: I, I don't know if it is yoga or. It's the same thing, Sanatana Dharma, the whole thing. But basically, a lot of what we are saying is also taken from, there's that common source, right, where all of these uh, ideas from all walks of life tend to converge. Uh, They tend to become, so it's sort of like that. But, but it was spoken of in our culture as well. Right. But what I was saying was thought, word, and deed. So, they say, they use a word called Trikarnas, Trikarnas Siddhi. Uh Uh-huh. And that means the the unification of thought, word, and deed. Right. Or the consistency between the three of them. Right. But what I meant to say was, I was going to get to that. What I meant to say was, thought, word, and deed, if there was any point in anyone's life until now where they spend time thinking about things that now they feel (coughs) that it was a waste of time, Hmm. then you can... You, you can understand that as your measure being wrong. Okay, that's one way of evaluating. Repeat that
1: once again, I didn't get that.
0: So, it's like, how do you... You're saying what tools, right? Right. Part of the... These are the three tools, but part of the process is also to improve your judgment is to recognize the exact measure of everything. If you're thinking of a past incident in your life, right? if you're remembering something, then... You have to recognize for it for exactly what it was worth. Like, if you had a situation in your past where you spent time thinking huh. too much about something, where in later in in hindsight now you think, you know, I shouldn't have really, you know, worried about that that much. You know, X Y Z reasons I was worried, I was ang- anxious and I was depressed and all that. Right. But I shouldn't have really worried about it that much. Then that means that's a that's a way for you to understand that your measure was wrong. Fair enough. Right. And if there was any instance in terms of uh, words, huh. if you ever threw your word away without caring about it, right. If you ever gave your word to someone and didn't really bother to even stand on your word, right. And if you deceived someone with your words, if you lied, or if you ever said something that was not reflecting your authentic self, right for whatever reason, right. it takes a toll on you. You right. know, It does take a toll on you in in voodoo mumbo-jumbo metaphysical way I'm meaning. Fair enough. So people just try to understand. Um, it does take a toll on you and that also contributes to your measure being wrong because of that. And okay. then in your deeds, if you ever did something that was not in your best interest, if you ever did something that was taking advantage of you know, someone else. The weaker
1: weaker party.
0: Whatever, you know, but it was not the right thing to do. Right. Then also your measure was wrong in all those situations. Right. So all of those situations now become metric. So when you're talking about measure, it itself is a metric, right? right? So you have to deal with data here, which is all of these past instances and they were, they would have been instances where you were extremely proud, you know, the best moments of your life, the happiest moments of your life. They have their own measure to them. Right. So these metrics will tell you how badly your measure was off and where exactly your measure was off back then. And when you were in the right moments in your life, where exactly was the measure coming right? What exactly could have caused that? That requires some amount of investigation and curiosity. And if you get some, whatever information you gain from that, it's valuable to improve your own self-judgment, the sense of judgment. And... That is just one way, which is looking back into the past. But thought, word, and deed into the present now and future, if you can keep those three consistent, like the culture of Sanatana Dharma tried to express with uh, Srikarna Siddhi. Yeah. If you can try your best to keep your thought, word, and action consistent, then there is what happens to that is. Between a sea of an ocean of variables,
1: right, you, you become the constant.
0: You become like that one point, that one rock jutting out of the water that right. doesn't move, right, come what may, right. And now that gives you some amount of influence, and it gives you some amount of power, which I don't want to go into this episode, maybe a future Thigh Gap episode. But bringing it back to measure, what that does is that consistency allows you to start measuring everything else correctly because just the exercise of having gone through this much self discipline and this much work, this much effort is giving you practice and it's now becoming like a habit. Hmm. So that practicing it is now creating a habit. It's a habit forming thing now. And so any conversation you get into any argument you get into any negotiation you get into, you are hyper aware of all of these circumstances that brought you to this situation Who am I talking to? And part of the humility is, I'm talking about in a negotiation setting. right? In a negotiation setting, which is very important for anyone who's a working professional or in business, in a working situation, you know, uh, in a negotiation, sorry, it is extremely important to be aware of who you're conversing with, who you're negotiating with, what kind of individual that is, as much as it is possible for us to find out, we need to find out. And if we don't know beforehand, then we need to find out through our conversation what kind of... You need to get that measure of this person. you know, And you need to understand exactly what their objectives are and exactly what your objectives are. Is there any way that you can get... You can come to a middle ground where both of our objectives are met. If there is, then that is the goal in the negotiation first to go for. If there is not, then you have to argue each and every point and try to convince each other until one agrees or something like that. So basically, without having that basic humility, right? You wouldn't even recognize that the other person also has a list of concerns as you. And they also have a list of objectives that they want to achieve. It's right. not just you. Right. Who is trying to walk away with everything.
1: So I have a couple of things here, right? The first one is... So on the hindsight, everything looks like a wrong decision. You know? Really? Yeah, in a sense, there is one way of putting the things like, oh, I did whatever the best I can, right? But once you, you bypass the past and move forward, right? Yeah. You become more experienced, you become more learned, you have more knowledge and all. Yeah. So on the hindsight, it always is, oh, I could have done this better because with the knowledge that I have now, right? That decision could have been improved. Okay. There is there is always that possibility. There's always that. Right? I mean,
0: uh, it's always the case. It's I always, the case, yeah, right? it's always hence, the case.
1: Hence on the hindsight, mm-hmm. you always see a better possibility. That is one thing yeah. in what you said, right? So I think it is um it is not completely fair to say that the information that you get from the past, mm-hmm. right, is is absolutely accurate. It just gives you a you know, it, it helps you draw like a milestone yeah. saying that I was at that point mm-hmm. and now I'm at this point yeah. and I'm better or worse in these ways. Yeah. Right. So when we are talking about the measure uh, in that sense, mm-hmm. uh, with respect to how I evaluate a thought or a word or, or an action I did, mm-hmm. there's always a betterment to it because you've already, you know, traveled a certain to a certain point in life. Right. So that is one thing. But, but coming to the core of it in itself, you know, what I understand, and correct me if I've gotten it wrong, uh, there has to be, one, as you said, there's humility, mm-hmm. which but which is predominantly giving an external, you know, reference. Yeah. But if there is honesty, I mean, in all the three aspects, Yeah. right, which is essentially what even I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. was to create transparency to mm-hmm. the image that you have in your mind. To the image that you are trying to project, to the image that somebody else is getting to see. Right, right. So, so the thought that I have that you know being brute is ABC, to what I tell people when somebody you know interview question is tell me about yourself. Yeah, right. So then you say, hey, ABCD things. Mm-hmm. Right, and then are those people seeing those ABCD things which I am thinking in my head is what I want them to see? Right. So there has to be a certain transparency yeah in in all the three aspects to a point or or not transparent so you can say honesty in all the three points which which makes this whole channel of uh of projecting yourself uh, a very clear picture which creates a clear picture to the other person who is perceiving you
0: i don't fully agree with that partially i do agree with what you said what is the
1: point that you don't agree
0: what i don't agree with it is it is not about honesty and that is where one of the challenges lies. One of the big challenges lies, which is uh, we talked about thought, word, and deed in terms of past. Right when you're looking back, right. Where did it? Uh, where did I think wrong? Where did I talk? Right. all that stuff? Right. So that learning allows you because now you're what you're doing is because you have this information now mm-hmm. with today's present day information. You're able to look back. And you're able to evaluate. Correct. Ki, it could have been done better in this way, that way, that but way. But why do I need to do that? Because it gives you practice to evaluate your present situations. Right. To be able to predict into the future. Okay. If I do it, this is the current plan. But if I think about the long term, maybe if I in- tweak the workflow or something in a certain way. Right. That it is good for the long term as well. So you're scaling it up. You get practice of scaling it up in the future. Which,
1: Which, okay. Why do you think people don't do that? What makes you think that in general, we don't do that?
0: It needs, uh, I think, generally people with uh, a visual perception or a visual understanding, like who are people who are more visual, hmm. like they say photographic uh, memory. Memory. Yeah. But it's not really photographic memory, but people who think in visuals more. Right. It tends to be more easily graspable for these kind of people because you can picture it. Like you can just string your thought and if it is... If this is if these are the agreements we have today. Right. Then what would be the situation of these agreements if we get an audience of a million people? Right. And business goes up to this extent. Right. Would these same rules f- logically be consistent even then? Or right. would they be strained and would some of them break by then? Right. If it breaks in your mental model, then that means it's not a good rule. You better, you know, fix it right now.
1: No, that I get it. Yeah. But I'm saying like why do you think people don't do this already there why do you think oh, i that think that visual we thing. don't reflect be, on our past
0: not reflect on our past but it is how we use a lot of us reflect on the past a lot right as part of the problem exactly but how are you making use of that information how are you leveraging that knowledge or information that is the because a lot of people just wallow in the sorrow or nostalgic about their oh, triumphs okay. you know they're just living on past glory they're just getting dopamine hits or emotional swings or something but yeah. they're not really seeing mm-hmm. maybe okay, they're not see, yeah maybe they're not seeing what how can I leverage that you know so I think thought would indeed looking into the past helps in that way but looking into the present and future when you're keeping it everything you're trying at least to keep it consistent right it is easiest to do in terms of thought I think which is because it is not going out to the external world right anything that goes into the external world where you are putting it into the reality so you, called
1: yeah you're manifesting the thought
0: yeah and that is where things get very dicey right and things get very subtle and also a lot of weightage i feel is there for that so if you're trying to think consistent then you can make up your own rules basis on of all the new things that you've learned about yourself you know or as you keep discovering yourself um you can keep working with what you want to think about but when you want to say something yeah it is not in your best interest to always be completely honest about you know you, what your uh, opinion is i don't think so
1: well i have a difference of opinion there see? no because, because when it comes to yourself yeah i think you need to be hard on yourself to a point where you got to be your your true critic
0: Oh no you no! Know. I was not talking about conversation with self or something.
1: No no. Uh, I'm see it boils down to with that. Other like, people. Right now, I'm not even going into how uh, how you deal with other people, like because I like I said before, you play the role of that particular context, right? Yeah. So so if I have to, it's like how do I keep a constant core? See, the problem here is how do I maintain a constant core? Yeah. Right. Whilst I am. I'm playing the part of multiple roles in my practical life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like in, in the ocean of water. Yeah. Wo- how do I make myself as the rock that stands steady? Right. Right? So in that, because that's where the how lies according to me. Yeah. You solve that problem. Everything else gets solved by itself. It will take time. You are going to get bloodied uh-huh. in the process. Yeah. But you will ultimately establish that. Uh, and this is coming out of personal experience mm-hmm. for a person and I'll just take a small example uh, where I was I was adopting a certain type of comedy mm-hmm. right uh, actually would that be a good example yeah let's let's put it this way like I just adopted a certain kind of personality okay right? and my personality was hey I want to be uh, ABCD things I want to be brutally honest to people mm-hmm. because uh, I want them to be honest to me it's right. like an exchange offer right because right. And at some point, I've realized that if you don't do it to people enough, mm-hmm. they don't do it to you. Yeah. You know, it's because people, even today, no matter how much they grow, we they, they say that babies imitate people who they see. Mm. So do we. Our, we are innately designed that. We just don't realize it. Yeah, But we do imitate people. Somebody is nice to you right you you kind of be nice to them you don't really think about it and if somebody says why are you being nice to that guy he's a cheater Mm. i'm like no he's nice to me therefore i'm nice to them it's like a tit for tat kind of a thing right yeah so so when you take the highway of being honest in the pursuit that you people be honest to you right people will not mince their words to you Mm -hmm. so that you get the real picture Mm -hmm. right it becomes very harsh right it becomes very you know uh kind of awkward to a certain extent because not everybody would probably put it the way you package it yeah you might package it in a harsh in 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 a sentence of harsh words yeah but you you are also managing to say put it in the right intent right and when people try to replicate that and for multiple reasons no you know i'm not blaming them for anything Mm -hmm. but there are people who might not have the same skill to do it so they just end up being harsh Without really having like a base intent. Yeah. So you get bloodied in those in those small battles, right? Right. But the point here, according to me, is you have to figure out how do you treat yourself, you know? Yeah. If I understand how I'm going to treat myself, then I'll also understand what I'm getting, what I'm making out of that treatment. Mm-hmm. And how how I treat myself is in every moment that I live with myself. Yeah. Which is where I also agree to the point that your thought, word, and deed have to be in synergy yeah. with the ultimate intent. And the intent might be formed by, say, your principles, your core values, or whatever, however you can label them. yeah. But mostly you identify that, hey, you know, brute is going to be this honest person, mm-hmm. no matter what. Then that honesty has to, like, reflect in all three aspects, right? Because my theory is... Similar to what you said, like you keep practicing it and practicing it and to a point it becomes habit and it kind of becomes subconscious to you. You just do it after a point, right? So same way, uh, in the same note, the extension is, um, and unfortunately, I don't have a better way of putting it rather than, you know, adopting some terms from the spiritual language Mm -hmm. where I feel the more these three things start getting synergized, Mm -hmm. right? The more you become conscious, Mm-hmm. about yourself which yep. in simple words you can say self awareness yeah. or self belief and all the things that you put a self in front of any adjective that's you yeah. consciousness basically mm-hmm. right so the more you get start getting conscious right the more you start figuring out how to deal so many other things mm-hmm. right you put a thought to something and you are ab- you automatically start figuring out how do you go about it yeah right so so the act that you said the trikonas if I, if i'm not wrong is also a way of of inflating your conscious mm. right and the more things you start taking under your consciousness right the yeah. stronger you get mm. mentally yeah right and which helps you in not getting influenced mm-hmm. which is one of the main factors of ha- why we don't take certain decisions which are the right ones but we still man- we still figure out how to avoid them yeah you know uh and that's because there is a certain uh value we give to influence and how do we give that value is also something which is very important according to me yeah as to where do you prioritize these influences right like you know how do you get i mean i don't know i really can't put it in 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 a sentence but what influences do you actually want to entertain and what you don't want to hmm right mm. like even in feedbacks like you said somebody gives you a feedback yeah you need to be smart enough to see if this feedback is something that i, I would probably adopt or, or accept yeah and or this, just
0: this part of the feedback this part of whichever yeah. i'm
1: mean, at whatever magnitude yeah this this is what all i really feel right now mm. is is important mm. which is where i come to the point why you need to increase your consciousness is this is a game of perception Right, it's a game of perspective.
2: Mm.
1: So the primary perspective is how do I know more about myself? Right, at what way uh, I can I can know about myself? Mm-hmm. And you need multiple peak per- perspective is like a peak hole in a wall, right? Yeah. So there's a huge fucking wall, and there are holes in the wall, mm-hmm. and you're trying to peek through every hole just to get a better picture on what's on the other side of the wall. Yeah. So that's what perspective it is in in a simple sense. Yeah. And the more holes I have the better I keep getting it, which one is the right right hole to dig more deeper into.
0: Yeah, so the more information you take in, the more um, open you are to new information and new knowledge in that field that you're looking for or for that question that you're looking for an answer to. Yeah. It's not only by what you take in and what you accept that you learn who you are. Right. But it's also, and more importantly, probably more frequent, it's by what you reject that you know who you are. It's also a process of exclusion. Yeah. So I yeah. go in for an experience. Yeah. And uh, whatever experience it is, I go in for that. I want to try it out for the first time. I may come out of it loving it, or I may come out of it neutral, or I may come out of it hating it. Right. Right. So it is more important for me to learn that I hate it. Not more important, but equally important for me to learn that I hated this. Rather than I loved this. So if it was the first time that you did something and you discovered that you did not really like it, it should not be considered as a regret or a time waste or, you know, something like that. Anything negative. It should still be looked at as it gave you more information about yourself. It was, you know, you know more about yourself. You don't like this.
1: Which is what I say. It's not a result-driven activity. Yeah. You know, I mean... It it's is a, in a continuous way, process. Yeah, it's a continuous. In a way, it is a result, but yeah. it's not. It's not a predetermined result. You should okay. So this is another thing I would probably suggest, or like put it out on the table. Is uh, there is no point getting into this process, predetermining a result. Yeah. Because there is no set result to it. Yeah. You know, there is always. I mean, there's no ceiling to it, right? It, it, the reason why it is humble it's a whole humbling experience mm. is because you realize how far below the ladder you are yeah the moment you get into the process yeah or the moment you start asking these questions you're like oh this is all I am I'm like nothing yeah right uh I think that is it, that itself is a very grounding experience right I, and the another part problem of this is the reason why it is an absolute the highest form of customized solution mm-hmm is f- where you start is, is like there are infinite starting points. Yeah. Right. Every individual has his own starting point. His or her own starting point. Yeah. Which is why it is, you know, humility is a prerequisite to it. Yeah. Which is a great point, by the way. I mean, I'm still kind of wrapping my head around like, f- how good a point I that find
0: is. that without that, right, that is, it's one of the stumbling blocks. Yeah. It's like when people say, how do I go about this? But it, whatever you're saying is making sense but how do you practically like like put it you know in everyday life these are the things that go even more further unspoken of or unmentioned yeah you know already this measure kind of thing no one talks about that much around you on top of it now there's there's even layers underneath that which without them you can't figure out the tools how to work because like i was actually saying the risks, each and everything has risks. But thought is the easiest to yeah. in the present day yeah. to get the measure of right. and to get to train yourself a little bit. But in word, what happens is you are in a situation, maybe a social situation, right? right? And a convers the conversation is about something that you deeply care about. It's right. about your field of interest or whatever it is you passionately believe it in, believe in it, and it's part of your core principles. Right. At that point of time, if someone says something right. and you have to stand your ground, do you stand your ground? Do you show them honestly like how you would have behaved like your true self when you're in your room, when no one's watching? Right. You know, when no right. one's watching? Would you really do that? Now, the question is, is that the best way to go about it, first of all? does that is that in your best interest? There, it becomes the trick of finding the words to convey in some way what you feel without giving too much away about your true self, your true stand, you know, but packaging it. So I feel the challenge comes in knowing how to package things for the right occasion or for that occasion, but still conveying what you want to convey without still being appropriate to that situation. So you need to get a lot of measuring right and you need to get a grip of language as well. And whatever language that may be, you need to get a grip of language, whatever that language is, to be able to stand your ground even in that situation, but not completely show your cards or say it in a way that is best for that situation for you. This is the
1: problem I have, you know, that I mean, the problem I have with language is exactly that. Yeah. Language misconstrues Mm -hmm. the intent. One of the things of the whole concept of word, Mm -hmm. right? um in in the scale of thought word and deed mm-hmm. word is something which i would probably replace word with intent i but just
0: i think even better than word it is speech speech that totally yeah. how yeah conveys what it means
1: so i mean how what you need to communicate mm-hmm. is not uh i think it is the intent of it yeah you need to figure out how do you con- convey the intent not really worrying about what words you're using yeah. it's a very paradoxical thing you know in the sense uh like i said see i'm probably a person who wants to put it very bluntly out there saying that right. you know you're not a funny person
0: and if it's a, if it's the situation for a blunt response then you should be you should be blunt, perfectly blunt right yeah.
1: and if if you do it enough uh you are able to do that in any situation becomes uh, you know like Situation no more becomes like a dependent factor. Yeah. Right. Once you are able to establish this, you are a, you are made of a certain, you know, a certain caliber, or you are you are designed in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, what happens is whatever you say mm-hmm. starts conveying the real message right. without you even trying to, you know, you know, work hard on it. Mm. So every level, if thought is say the purest form, it's like a photo file being transferred multiple times yeah. like the 10th time you transfer it to someone the quality of the photo kind of gets degraded right? right it's a similar thing yeah like the if the thought is the purest idea in your head then you communicate an abridged version of that idea and then you execute an even more simplified form of the idea because you know you have only so much ability
0: mm-hmm.
1: right which is why it's a very tricky thing to synergize all three
0: it is yeah it is a very tricky thing and i don't want to go too deep into this but it just reminded me the the best example really of how you can figure out okay if i have to get my measure right and if i have to stay consistent in thought word and my speech and situations where it is dicey for me to state exactly what's in my mind right how do i manage that situation look into how krishna communicates throughout mahabharata right because the amount of gray situations in that epic. Yeah. Too many.
1: Yeah. It, this The whole story is gray. <laughs> the
0: whole story is gray. Yeah, right. It is all kinds of crazy. From the start. Yeah. yeah, Nothing so makes sense. How does someone like Krishna navigate through that? Yeah. And especially when you're looking at it with the hindsight or the, the knowledge that he is aware of the whole thing. Yeah. And he's trying to make sure the order plays out in the way it is supposed to play out. The flow is followed. So when someone is in that um mode of thought you know that intent or approach yeah how is he communicating how is he navigating through the entire story right how is he managing that everything goes the way it should that i think is the best i i couldn't think of a better example um, of someone who uses their language right to go through that and True. still stay consistent yeah because it also t- Teaches you. I mean, it also gives you as an example that, hey, this way is okay. You know, like you can play the game like this too. You don't have to.
1: It's a safe bet.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to lie, just because you don't explicitly state the truth does not mean you have lied. Right. If you have to lie, you have to go against the truth. Right. What if you use the mastery of language in such a way that it does not go against the truth, but it does not favor the lie as well right you know and if you can figure that out yeah then you can get out of so many situations as a winner it's hard to describe because i think that's the dicey part and that's where the mastery mastery in the sense not really knowing all the words right but knowing which word to use where exactly and also the timing of it
1: yeah it's a religious practice i think see another simplest way of Again, uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of humor in multiple ways. Not just for the fact that it makes you laugh. Yeah. But humor shows, you know, that intent. Yeah. You know, where you're not, you're technically, you know, kind of degrading somebody. Mm -hmm. Somebody or the other. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily means, uh, you know, a third person, but you're also degrading yourself. Yeah. But the good comics, the way they put out something which is so close to truth. Yeah. And they exaggerate it so much you know they kind of blow it out of proportions. Yeah. But still it has that you know that element of genuineness. Yeah. Uh that also kind of shows that uh you know it's one form of mastery of communication right yeah. where the intent is that you want to make somebody laugh and you use a certain context you use a certain you know bunch of you, s- you use a certain form of uh, language or words which actually Sends across this message that, hey, you know what? I'm not trying to like demean anyone here or, yeah. or put down somebody. Yeah. But I'm just doing this so that you can laugh. Yeah. And the other person gets it. Right?
0: Yeah. And the funny thing is, if there's anyone who is wondering, why would this be important? Now, why is this really important? The word, yeah. getting the language right. And any language, really. Right. Getting it right. Because what we were discussing about just now. Where you are able to communicate exactly what your intent was right. using language, yeah, it is not even the extreme, right? You know, it's not even the peak of it. Right. This is just above average category, yeah. Because Alan Moore, the writer of uh, famous novels or graphic novels like Watchmen huh. and um, uh, V for Vendetta, don't
1: do the parcel section. Right no, no, no.
0: This is not a parcel section. Okay. But Alan Moore, he has of course, just worried where he says he likens mastery of speech. Or language to a kind of a spellcraft or a magic, a magical kind of thing, yeah. Which yeah. is, I'm using my thoughts and words in a carefully constructed or a composed kind of uh, combination, right? And the way I'm saying it out, the intonation, the pause, etc., it is having a very real effect right. in the real world, right? If you can use the mastery of your own communication. To have that kind of of an effect, to have people react and um, in a way that you want them to react, you know, uh, people to do things the way you want it done. Right. Then how is it different from magic, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. See the whole, so you have to live the character mm-hmm. in, in a true sense where every thought, every word that you say, every action that you put out is mm-hmm. a very carefully constructed you know form of magic right right? and you and you shouldn't be selfish about it or be prejudiced to it Mm -hmm. saying that hey just because i've put in so much effort into it Mm -hmm. if somebody doesn't get it you know it's their mistake it's their problem exactly you shouldn't do that yeah you have have to be open you have to be you know i mean you can put any kind of word to it yeah but the bottom line is Nobody, you should be accountable for whatever things that you do, say, or think. Yeah. And not put, blame somebody for not getting it. Yeah. You know, this is another biggest problem where uh, where I I personally experienced initially mm. where I tell a joke and people didn't get it. I was like, ah, they're dumb. Right. You know, I just jumped to the conclusion saying that they're dumb. Yeah. They don't get it. I'm too good. Mm. I'm too good for them. Like, they're too slow. Yeah. But later on, I thought is hey you know what maybe it's not their problem yeah it's my problem because I want to do it it's not they didn't ask for it yeah I'm doing it so it, it's not their problem to solve my jokes it's yeah. my problem to solve my like you know put exactly. it in a way where they get it yeah so which is where also the, the school of thought of being more transparent in my thought to word to action mm-hmm. became very important for me you know because I realized or, or rather right now I believe in it that it is very, it's imperative that the image I create as as a person who's thinking about myself mm-hmm. should be the image that people should get to see. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. There are challenges. There are challenges, for instance, like putting yourself in a vulnerable position yeah. where you are exposing yourself. Yeah. There are challenges of you being judged in a wrong way. Yeah. You're being, mis- you're being misinterpreted. Yeah. Uh, there are challenges of you being tagged along with By a lot of, uh, you know, negative connotations. Like, you're arrogant, you're narcissistic, you're egoistic. Right. It's all about you, etc., etc. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, yes, it is all about me. Mm -hmm. Because you, I want you to see me and not someone else.
0: Yeah. And I want to see you.
1: I want to see you. Yeah. So, if I show myself to you, I anticipate at some point, you're going to show yourself to me. Yeah. And this whole, you know, this whole scenario becomes very transparent right right, right. and this doesn't negate the concept of difference of opinion concept of having arguments yeah. or you know differences or anything that you say yeah but all that is in a true you know in a true spirit yeah right which is what is very important again
0: yeah so coming back to action now we covered the risk in thought which is not no, really that much. risk in
1: thought is really less. Really less. Risk, but in, risk word in word
0: is. And risk in action. Action is, again, even in this side of the coin, even on this side of the coin, I feel action has more weightage and has most risk involved with it because part of the action, if you want to keep the measure correct, is you have to stick by your word. You can't just keep throwing your word away. If you're committed to do something or if you're committed to anyone in any form, you have to respect that commitment, otherwise your words mean nothing now. If you don't follow it up with action.
1: I mean, let's put it this way: action has the biggest responsibility biggest. of of you know carrying out your thought and word. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. Because it has it's the lowest of the order. Yeah. And also action is the biggest window into your thought. Yeah. Right? I mean, action shows more than your thought. It shows your intent, shows your ethic yeah uh, your body of work so many things so it exposes you the most
0: yeah and just by the act of it right that you are physically doing something in the real world uh it's not just uh virtual or gassy like thoughts or words right it is actually tangible action it has way more far-reaching implications into other people's lives into what your actions are Causing their life or their experience of your action. You know, is it positive? Is it negative? Did it need to be positive? Did it need to be negative? Right. Did you get the right measure of that instance? If you're chasing your passion too much, then are you keeping an eye on your loved ones? You yeah. know, like because you have to uh, respect that as well. Right. And so are you reaching that balance? So the, all of this is what the measure aims and if uh, aims to achieve. And if you get the measure right, or at least if you're in a good way of getting the measure right, then you'll find yourself coasting through most of the situations. Right. And you'll find that your energies are saved only for the real, real challenges right. that sometimes pop up in all of our lives. Right. Where we have to stand up. I mean, there mean, there's always a rainy day. Yeah. Where you are tested to the fullest. And right. there, because of all the practice you've had with the small instances now, right. you will show up right. to that big instance and you will do what will make you proud of yourself in future?
1: And you know the the biggest challenge of action? Yeah. That action is a sealed deal.
2: Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah.
1: Once you do it, there's no way you can undo no it. No backsees. No backsees, right? Yeah. When you say something, you can always go back... As much as people say you can't take back words and all that. You can. You always have a second chance yeah. of... of uh, you know, kind of expressing what you actually mean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But with an action... It's so visually appealing or, you know, because we are visual beings again. Yeah. You can't erase that memory mm-hmm. of, you know, what you have done. Yeah. Right. So it is a sealed deal. It's a print. You you can't unprint it. Right. So that's why action becomes the, I mean, the most conscious energy you need is in your act. Yeah. Which is, which makes it so much more challenging.
0: And split second so many things can go wrong you know for whatever split second small hesitation little bit of fear little bit of this little bit of that it makes you do things that you do not actually want to do right right
1: which is where i want to touch upon one thing about action or the part of action yeah is as lucrative as it is and as much as it is appreciated Mm -hmm. you got to hold back to your instincts a little until unless you feel very confident that yes this is the person i am Mm -hmm. and this i am ready for any kind of you know whatever might be the result yeah i'm confident to take it in the chin yeah but i cannot change my core value right right until then you gotta keep a check on your instincts right because instinctively when you're not you're not well prepared right, as a person, and this happened to me multiple times. It's a huge learning curve. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't keep a check on your instinct, Mm -hmm. it becomes very tricky to justify or actually face your own actions. Yeah. You know? Once they're done. Once they're done. Yeah. Therefore, initially, the best practice is always to keep a double check on what you instinctively want to do. Yeah. Vis-a-vis what is necessary to be done.
2: Yeah.
0: And coming to the how of it, it's not really that Difficult because the kind of brains that we have, all it takes is a fraction of a second. A fraction of a second of a pause. Yeah. Before you react. And yeah. the, the key word is the distinction between reaction and response. Right. 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 Do not react Be at any cost. True. Respond. Right. Take it in, evaluate it and respond. Believe me, it only takes a fraction of and a second.
1: Also on the other friend, I mean the other side of you know the word aspect, the speech aspect. Yeah. Is don't hear listen yeah yeah there's a lot of difference even in that see i mean we have spoken about how how we how we should rea- how we should behave mm-hmm. when you're speaking or communicating something yeah but we should also tell like how we should react to you know uh, or respond yeah to what something is told about you yeah you know it should not be something that you hear about it and then like huh okay you should listen to it yeah and the difference is Hearing is something that you do without consciousness or mm-hmm. without enough concentration. But mm-hmm. when you listen to something, the word implicates that you're you're bound to be concentrating. Yeah. So always, always, I think it's very important that you've got to listen to what people talk about you. Then hearing to what people talk about you or tell about you.
0: Yeah. In the corporate uh, training modules, etc., they call it active listening. Right. And the way they define it is, uh, it's the difference between just sitting across a person and listening to what they're saying. Right. To... Sitting across a person and absorbing everything they're saying. Right. Which is not just what's coming out of their mouth, but what is their body language? Yeah. You know, what? what's the intonation in their voice? What's their facial expression? What is the emotional tone in which they're speaking to you? All of these things together constitute proper listening. Help
1: you comprehend what is the message.
0: You get the communication or you have a highly likely a chance of understanding what is actually being communicated above the surface and beneath the surface as right, well. Right, right. And that's where you get more information. When you get more information, you can be a better judge of that situation.
1: And same thing goes to action also. When somebody yeah. behaves a certain way, mm-hmm. which might not suit you, right? Which might not be something that we we expect or we intend to be done to us. Right. The best thing to do is not to react again. Right? Yeah. You You have to respond to it. Now, the response has to be measured. Yeah. And how you measure it is, first of all, evaluating whether this was necessary to even respond to or not. Yeah. And, and it will. it's so ironic that you'll realize that most of the time, you mm-hmm. don't even have to respond to a lot of things. You don't. Right? Uh, that's a just, very,
0: very good point. Because I just like to add to that, which is we should always remember no. Yeah. Do not forget, no. Yeah. You know, yes is not the only thing. Yeah. No is a perfectly it's not a like compulsion. Perfectly valid consideration for right. every situation. Absolutely. So what what was the thing that you said? I said you you choose you. you should not, not you no should need, not, need to respond. You
1: don't you don't have to respond to everything. A, exactly. I mean that's the biggest thing. In the, in the end, like I won't like to put it this way: if, if somebody is trying to find it difficult to visualize this whole process, right because you are from the theater background, Mm -hmm. again, let's plug it in. Mm -hmm. If thought is thinking of a a play, Mm -hmm. right? You, you kind of think of a play saying that ABCD things are there. Right. Then you go through that idea of a play multiple times till you actually concise it and make it a more concrete idea. Right. That's what thought is, right? You have multiple chances to actually revise and go back to it and revise it. Yeah. Right. And then the word or the speech is a script that you write, Mm -hmm. right? Again, even in the script, once you write the whole script, you have probably a couple of chances to, like, make some changes in it and say, like, okay, this is the best way we can put it out. Then comes the action, Mm -hmm. right? All through the practice of the play, you make multiple mistakes. Obviously, the initial few days are the toughest to, like, get into the character, to, like, you know, take a certain... Uh, certain kind of behavior, and, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. But once you decide, once you get onto the stage, you get only one chance. Yeah. Right. And that's action. Yeah. This is probably the entirety of how our conscious flow has to be. You know? Mm-hmm. And as funny as it is that this whole process is being done to evaluate our worth. Yeah. Right. The more you keep exhausting it, and this is something that I just thought about. The more you try to understand your value, mm-hmm. the more you realize you don't have a lot of value. Yeah. You know?
0: And that's a good realization to come to.
1: Yeah, because there's only so much you can grow. Yeah. And that's an optimistic, I you know, optimistic approach. Outlook, yeah. Right? You you shouldn't be like, oh, I'm 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 only at this stage or whatever. Yeah. So I'm so downtrodden and all. No, the way to go about it is, hey, now that I know I'm at this stage, there's such a huge road ahead of me that. Mm-hmm. I have so much to grow, yeah. right? That's another approach, which is also really important because it so often happens. Uh, one or two disappointments or a string of disappointments right. generally puts you in a shell. And we are only capable of so much, taking in so much of, you know, disappointment, mm-hmm. right? But always, and this is coming out of, you know, as as a word of suggestion from my end, that take it as a passing cloud. Yeah, You know, what Michael Jordan said is is something which I really like and mm-hmm. I know I'm bringing in a sports analogy but he said the reason why I'm successful on the court right. is because I failed a zillion times in the, in in the practice yeah right I have exhausted all possibilities of failure yeah therefore I'm successful on the court well which is also hard work in a way
0: yeah it's also related to what we said earlier what he was doing was he was gathering more data true he was more iterations more iterations hours and hours of practice All those iterations gave him that sense of judgment, which said on the final day, this is the way you go to get that basket. Right. You know, and it's also something related to what you said about knowing that you don't have to respond all the time. Mm -hmm. It also ties into what I followed up with remembering always that no is an option. Yeah. And the other thing that it ties with is what Steve Jobs said once, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, this was a time when uh, Microsoft was really taking off yeah. and Apple was kind of being Lacking relegated back. to the second place. And so someone went to Steve Jobs and asked him, don't you think you should open up Mac uh, operating system to all manufacturers like they've been asking? Right. Why are you so adamant on doing the hardware and the software all within your own thing? Right. Look at Microsoft. They're just allowing HP to make, Compaq to make, IBM to make, everyone. Right. right. So what's the problem? And he just said, I don't mind what they're doing. I don't care about it because I'm playing a different game.
1: Yeah. So you got to know which game you're playing.
0: Exactly. And you have to be aware enough to understand there's not only one game in town all the time. You yourself can start a new game.
1: Which is driving back to the point that it's not a competition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's also... Being aware enough that not everything is how, oh, you're just a part of this world. You're a middle-class earner. Your life is not all about just responding to, you know, what's going on in current affairs. Everything that is thrown at you. Yeah, everything that is thrown at you from all angles, taxation, petrol rates, current rate, you know, current affairs, all this stuff. Yes, we are victims of many of those things. But also that at any point of time, you can start your own game. And that's something we should always remember. True that you know that that option is always there and there is always the option to say no there's always the option to not respond to know that you don't have to respond all the time and there's always the option to well i guess we covered all the things
1: you know just to put like an ending note to the topic yeah i just want to say something bogus who are you who to tell are anything we? Yeah. about the measure of a man exactly who are we? Who are we? If at all, we are something. Mm-hmm. We are here to give the true message to everyone. Which is the parcel section. That's the true message that we want to give, guys. Yeah. And Bogus Noog. I think it's in the last six episodes is the first time I'm taking a full name.
0: Right. Bogus Noog. Bogus Noog.
1: Let's just get down to the parcel section. Let's go. Let's go. So... What's your parcel this time?
0: My parcel section this time is a Japanese movie made in 1952. It is a classic. It's called Ikiru. And uh, it was directed by Akira Kurosawa, legendary director.
1: The long list of credits start. (laughs) It's like watching the end of the movie. where The list of names keep coming and coming and coming. I mean,
0: the lead actor is uh, stable. Akira Kurosawa stable. He's uh, acted in 11 Kurosawa films. A character actor by the name of Takashi Shimura, who is one of the one of my favorite actors. Do you have like... Brilliant actor.
1: Do you have like any lineage coming from the Japanese, this thing? No. In your blood? I like, just can't... Are f- you 116th Japanese or something like
0: that? I just can't forget some names. When I see the performance, right, it just sticks. Sweet lord. So, this movie anyway is yeah. about an old government employee, a bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. He's basically nothing but a glorified rubber stamp. Huh. in 1952 was Japan it's a dilapidated office you know it's all files and papers all junk any government office you can imagine Yeah. same like that mm-hmm. it's all you know everything just files and files everywhere this guy's a bureaucrat who's worked he's the chief of his division now but he's worked as like a dog all his life hmm. now he's nearing his retirement right and this is a situation where he's basically sleepwalked through his entire life right he has no participation, active participation in anything in his life. Right. And nearing his retirement, he finds out that he has stomach cancer. Sweet. And he's going to die. Yeah. So this knowledge, this sudden shock causes him to explore uh, more about himself. Mm-hmm. Speaking about measure of man, right? Right he starts exploring more about himself he started he starts coming to life at that point of time right he wants to go and share the bad news with his son but the way his family reacts only makes him feel more isolated more alone mm-hmm. and he just gets feels so alone and so helpless that he turns around and he starts being more carefree and he starts those small moments right he figures out what the meaning of life is and this is conveyed through the movie very beautifully by Akira Kurosawa in what is perhaps his finest movie to date. And the way Takashi Shimura plays this character who goes through all these changes hmm. where first you initially you deny, you don't believe. Right. But then you come to the realization, you see what's going around. It's like you woke up after 20-25 years of coma right? and then you're suddenly looking at your life like where you came right? and now you're going to die. Right. So this enables him to figure out what is actually most valuable in life. And instead of being just a a rubber stamp in his employ in his uh, employment right he actually uses the last few years of his life to do something that's really it has an impact in society you know he uses his last remaining power to do something that is an action a real tangible thing in the real world that impacts other people in a in a way in this movie it is a positive way and then he dies but the way the movie is shown. And the way the story unravels, I don't want to spoil anything, but, uh, you know, it's his whole journey from the time he finds out that he's going to die. Then he finds out he is more alone than he ever thought he was. And then he realizes he finds something in himself. And he finds the meaning within himself. And that's where he ends the movie. So I don't want to reveal any more But this movie is definitely a worth watch. It does not get talked about much at all. Even though Kurosawa himself is one of the most famous directors. But when people discuss his movies, eventually other movies get talked about, but not this one. But this is not one that you should miss. There's a lot that's packed into this one movie. Beautifully shot, beautifully narrated, beautifully acted. Ikiru, 1952 by Akira Kurosawa. Please watch it.
1: Wow. The depth of explanation...
0: I think your parcel this time was longer they, than mine
1: because you kept butting in and started I saying never that go to McLeod
0: Ganj, that visit was, the Tibet Museum. That was Museum. at the end of it. That was at the end of your parcel. Oh,
1: and in the middle. Oh, now uh, finally, the I was staying in India now. Is there, there, what was it? What
0: was? No, what I was said Tibet, Tibet. Tibet is not in Tibet anymore. Tibet is in Taramshala.
1: Yeah, all that nonsense which is unnecessary. It is not. You added it. Free Tibet. You started giving this. Uh, Ch- what is that chutney packet and all that crap yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah you started that's why it went it's long it's like a small
0: side parcel it is
1: yeah anyways but that's about it uh, i think one of the most serious uh more serious conversations we had mm, this yeah. time around yeah but it's worth it i think it's a fair deal
0: i just don't know if we uh, did the best but the most important thing to remember is thigh gap subscribe and share And share, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the Forbidden Fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a five star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at ThighGap and we are underscore ThighGap on Instagram.